Everybody, everybody, welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. The Total Coverage Podcast is back this time. It's the final episode of the 2021 season of the National Football League. This is the post-Super Bowl edition of the Total Coverage Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Kirk Morrison, eight-year NFL veteran of the National Football League with five years with the Raiders, a year in Jacksonville with the Jaguars, and my last two years with the Buffalo Bills. So great for you to be with me. If you have not listened to the pod all season long, you have missed out. We've had some absolutely great guests. We've had great content, but it uh, it all comes to an end today for the season as we've done it. That's right, 18 weeks of a regular season, followed by four weeks of a <laughs> playoff run unlike any other for Two teams that came all the way down to the Super Bowl. And then finally, this will be the final episode of the year as we break down just what we saw from Super Bowl 56. um, What's next for both the teams and so much more to really kind of just get down into it uh, on this final edition of the Total Coverage Podcast. But we're going to break down a lot in this pod today, a lot, because we got a lot going on. Uh, I had a chance to catch up with some players uh, post-game, and you're going to hear some of those interviews. But let's start it like this. Super Bowl 56, Los Angeles Rams at home versus the Cincinnati Bengals, a matchup that I think no one saw coming. And it it was kind of a back and forth in terms of everyone knew the Rams would possibly win. But in the back of your mind, you said Cincinnati has a chance because of the way that they win football games, the way that they won in the playoffs, three, you know, kick three field goals uh, to win, you know, in overtime versus um, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, what they did against the Tennessee Titans and then beating the Raiders in the wild card round. There's so much to be excited about with the Cincinnati Bengals. And then you talk about the Los Angeles Rams, a team going all in. And when I say all in, they were all in with the trade of a little over a year ago of Matthew Stafford from Detroit to Los Angeles in exchange for Jared Goff, two first rounders and a third rounder. It was the trade that everyone said, could this reshape the NFL or the NFC? And fast forward to Super Bowl 56, it was Matthew Stafford and the Rams taking on just two seasons ago, a team that went four and 12 and had the number one overall pick, the Cincinnati Bengals, and they selected Joe Burrow. And in two short seasons, they were in the Super Bowl. It was Stafford, it was Burrow. We had the superstars, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham. You think about the Cincinnati Bengals side, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, defensively. They had Trey Hendrickson, Logan Wilson, the linebacker, Mike Hilton, so many big stars, Jesse Bates. So everything was aligned in Super Bowl 56. But at the end of the day, one team had to win, one team had to lose. We know that. And the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, they beat the Cincinnati Bengals 23 to 20 winning their first Super Bowl 
as the Los Angeles Rams. They had never won as the Los Angeles Rams previously before moving to St. Louis in 1995. They were the St. Louis Rams when they won in 1999 or the uh, Super Bowl 34. But this was the first football championship for the Los Angeles Rams. So much that I want to get into this game. Wrote a bunch of stuff, things that were down. Because you say, what was the biggest takeaway from the game? The biggest takeaway that I have, and this is a two-part question, because you have the takeaways of the Rams and the takeaways of the Cincinnati Bengals. When it comes to the Bengals, I'll start with the Bengals first, yeah. I think that's the better way because you saw some big plays being made. You had the Jamar Chase, the early catch for 46 yards. You had the T. Higgins touchdown early on where the Cincinnati Bengals decided to bring out the tricks early. A toss to Joe Mixon and a throw from Mixon to Higgins in the back of the end zone for the first touchdown for the Bengals. You had big interceptions from Awuzie and Jesse Bates. You had a defense that was suffocating the Rams offensively in their rushing game. The rushing attack for the Rams just was not there. So a big, big um, you know, credit to the defensive front for the Cincinnati Bengals. Another big takeaway was Joe Burrow. Now, he was sacked seven times in this game. But if you ever questioned the toughness of Joe Burrow, you'd be mistaken. Now, those are some of the good plays. But the bad plays, well... The offensive line, I mentioned, being sacked seven times, that's not good. And that's ultimately what hurt the Cincinnati Bengals, especially in the second half. Another big takeaway is this, red zone or dead zone? Red zone or dead zone? Meaning they were one for three in the red zone. The only touchdown being what? What I just mentioned, the Joe Mixon throw to Higgins for a touchdown. That was the only touchdown they had in the red zone the entire game. Now, flip it on its head, the Rams were three for three in the red zone. Three touchdowns, two by Cooper Cup, one by Odell Beckham Jr. So that was the big takeaway for Cincinnati for me. And in the final, the final series, Rams up 23-20, 125 left. And you have an opportunity to go down, tie the game, even win the game. And Cincinnati didn't get it done after a great play to start the drive. Then they had another uh, great play on the, the next first down. And then right after that, just three play call, three play calls that's got to scratch your head a little bit. And you say, what was that? A third and one game on the line near midfield. Third and one, they ran the ball with Samaj P. Ryan, stopped by Aaron Donald. And then fourth and one, Aaron Donald rips through that offensive line, almost sacks Joe Burrow, but it was an errant pass because of Burrow was under duress. And that was a fourth down call, a fourth down play, and the game ended. Those are the big plays that stood out to me for the Cincinnati Bengals. When you think about the Rams, key takeaways, how OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., a monster game, even though he left in the second quarter with an injury, with a torn ACL, Odell Beckham had two catches, 52 yards, one touchdown. And I can tell you this, 
he was going to have a monster game had he not been injured in that second quarter. Cooper Cup, two touchdowns in this football game. It was the sacks, the seven sacks by the Rams defense, two by Aaron Donald, two by Von Miller. And you sprinkle in one from uh, Leonard Floyd, uh, Gerald, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Ernest Jones. He also contributed one of those sacks along with big Sean Robinson. Uh, the big takeaway, again, I mentioned losing Odell Beckham. That was hard for the Rams, but they had guys step up in those opportunities. Bryson Hopkins, a guy who only had one catch in his NFL career coming into the Super Bowl, he had four, four catches for 47 yards. Ben Skoranek was more of a special teams guy. He had two catches for 12 yards. The Rams got guys involved. It was a last man up, for me or not to say, last man standing, next man up mentality. And man, they had it, they got it done. Think about this. There was no run game, like I mentioned, because of the great job by the Cincinnati Bengals. But because of the lack of the run game, it was put on the shoulders of the quarterback, Matthew Stafford. 26 of 40, 283, three touchdowns. Very well could have been the MVP of this game. He had two interceptions, one of which was sort of like a punt. It was a shot down the field. He was under duress, third and 14, nowhere to go. Just throw the ball up and... Actually, it was almost better than the punt because not only did they intercept, uh, the Bengals did, they also got an excessive celebration penalty. So now, instead of starting at the 20, they're starting at the 10-yard line, which was a much better, like a punt down inside the 10-yard line after the Rams couldn't get anything on third and 14. Aaron Donald, what more can you say? One of the most dominant performances I've seen in the second half. And I really thought he should have been the NFL, I mean, the Super Bowl 56 MVP. I really believe that. We'll get into a little more of that. But at the end, it was the guy who had the greatest season we've ever seen from a wide receiver in NFL history. Not just regular season. You know, we've had those before. Calvin Johnson has probably you know, one of the best seasons in terms of yards. But Cooper Cup did it with four extra games in terms of what he was able to do offensively. His numbers just staggering in these playoffs i just i i sit back and i think to just how good that cooper cup has been and just to rattle these off for you cooper cup in 21 games 21 okay 17 regular season four postseason games it's 178 catches 2400 yards that's right 2425 yards and 22 touchdowns most receiving yards. He had the most catches. He had the most touchdowns. He was a unanimous All-Pro. Most catches in a single postseason. Another record that was set with 33 catches in four games. He was also named the NFL's Offensive Player of the Year the Thursday before Super Bowl. And he was also named the Super Bowl 56 MVP. Uh, as much as I say it could have been Aaron Donald. I mean, what a season by Cooper Cup. And he caps it off with the Super Bowl 56 MVP award. Man, uh, those were my big takeaways from this game. But where this game was lost for the Bengals, I mentioned it. It was the inability to block for Joe Burrow, especially in that second half. They just couldn't block for him. And you could just see it was starting to get to him. Starting to not necessarily see ghosts, but get rid of the football way too early. Just couldn't do anything. And you just could tell that they weren't going to be able to hold up against the rush of the Rams. 
the Rams really, they switched up what they were doing. It was more four-man rush in the first half. Second half, they they brought an extra rusher. They started to say, you know what? Let's go five on five. Meaning that we're going to put an extra guy in the rush so that they can get some one-on-ones. And once they were able to do that, you got the one-on-ones for Aaron Donald. But when they were able to try to chip and get extra help on Aaron Donald, it gave other guys those opportunities. And that's what I mentioned with the Sean Robinson, the Ernest Jones, the linebacker. He got a one-on-one and he won and got a sack. So it was the ability to adjust and the creativity of Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator, gets a ton of credit for adjusting during the game. And ultimately, that is what lost the Bengals the football game is their inability to block for Joe Burrow, but then also too, I mentioned it, not being able to convert in the red zone. Just that one touchdown in three trips to the red zone is what cost, I thought, the Bengals this football game. But on the flip side, where this game was won for the Rams, I thought was just the ability to be last man standing, right? To to be able to have guys step up in the critical situations. When Odell Beckham went down, the Rams just couldn't find anything. They couldn't get anything going. But they said, you know what? We have to trust within the offense, trust within the scheme, and you insert certain players. And I had a coach always to tell me, like, you don't know when it's your turn. That was that was the term. He would always say, Kirk, you don't know when it's your turn. And I always say, like, coach, man, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And then I go back, and I, it, it always hits me every day what he used to tell me because you don't know when it's your turn you don't know when it's your opportunity they just come out of nowhere just always be ready and for some of these rams they didn't know it was their turn but it happened odell beckham jr comes down and i mentioned bryson hopkins his four catches 47 yards big day for him daryl henderson hadn't played at all the last four games because of an injury he comes back he had three catches for 43 yards all right. Uh, same thing. Cam Akers, Ben Skronik. It was unbelievable to see the guys coming out. But where the Rams won the game was their ability at the end. It was the final five minutes of the game where the Rams really took control. And it was Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup just playing backyard football in that final scoring drive for the Rams. Just backyard football. It was Matthew Stafford. And I know you've probably seen the no-look pass that Matthew Stafford made in the Super Bowl. Not in the regular season, but the Super Bowl. It was those types of plays that you said, that's how the Rams won. They had the 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 faith and the belief that they had the guys who were going to go out and take care of business. And then also, too, you had the closer and Aaron Donald. That's how they won. They put the shoulders on their best player. And Aaron Donald, the last two plays uh, of the game defensively for the Rams, Aaron Donald makes a stop on third and one with one hand on Samaj P. Ryan, forcing the fourth down play. And then on fourth down, saving his best pass rush move, getting to Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow just literally throwing the ball up in the air. That was really what won the game, I thought, for the Rams. Now, look, the most important moment for either team in this game, I, I kind of thought was just the fourth down call, especially one early in the game for the Bengals. They went for it on fourth down. They did not get it, and the Rams end up turning that possession into a touchdown to Odell Beckham. So sometimes you look back at certain decisions early on, and they gambled early, and it bit them. As for the Rams, I think just a big moment uh, for them 
was at the end, that final drive, being able to go down and have the confidence um, that you put the ball in Matthew Stafford's hands, he's going to get it done in that final drive. That's what Sean McVay has always been preaching. That's the reason why the Rams went out and got Matthew Stafford. It was for the moments like that, right? The final drive of the game, who was going to be the guy to take care of business? And that was Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. There was always, it's always unsung heroes uh, in football games. I think the unsung hero for the Rams, two guys. One, I mentioned Bryson Hopkins, just a monster game. Four catches, 47 yards. Literally for a guy who was fourth and fifth on the depth chart at tight end. But due to injuries throughout the season, um, Tyler Higby didn't start because he was out. Johnny Mutt, the second tight end, he had torn ACL. Kendall Blanton, who started the game, he got hurt. So Bryson Hopkins, kind of your fourth, fifth tight end, was able to go out there, make some plays, man. He was my unsung hero, along with a guy in Eric Weddle, who wore the green dot in this game. And when I say the green dot, he had the communication from the sideline that he had to give to the players on the field defensively. Eric Weddle was on his couch a month ago. Eric Weddle was on his couch a month ago. Thought his career was over. The Rams, due to injuries, called him up and said, hey, can you come make a quick run with us? And Eric Weddle started the Super Bowl after being away from football for almost two seasons. Started in the Super Bowl, played every play. Oh, by the way, tore his pectoral in the first quarter of the game. So he's playing with a torn pec and was literally the unsung hero in making plays. He actually, by the way, Eric Weddle, if you want to think about this, uh, he had five tackles in this game after leading the team in tackles the week prior in the NFC Championship game. So another unsung hero in this win for the Rams. Now, the coaching aspect of it is this. Zach Taylor, first opportunity in leading the team to a Super Bowl. Yes, he's going to learn from some of the mistakes. Maybe it's putting the ball in Jamar Chase's hands a little bit more. Maybe it's keeping Joe Mixon on the field rather than Samaje Piran. I know that's you how you do it during the regular season, but I feel like in the big moments, it's about putting guys who, you know, will get the job done regardless or more confidence in. I think that's what Zach Taylor will be thinking about. Some questionable decisions that he made during this game, but I think he'll learn from them and be better. On the opposite side, I think Sean McVay did a tremendous job um, and just taking care of business. You know, second time around for him as a head coach, coaching in the Super Bowl, he did an unbelievable job. So, I uh, my hats off to both teams, but more so the Rams. But I, you know, I got a little bit of sound. So after the game, post game for NFL Serious Radio uh, Channel eighty eight, um, I uh, had a chance to catch up with some of the guys post game and. I wanted you to listen to Sean McVay. Here's the Sean McVay interview that me and my colleague, Jim Miller of Sirius XM NFL Radio, take a listen at Sean McVay after winning the Super Bowl. We talk about competitive greatness all the time, being your best when your best is required. And Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, really so many of our players stepped up. It's exactly what epitomizes this team and their world champs. You know, the adversity in this game, just trying to get the running game going. Just talk about the, the, the fortitude that you guys showed to get it done. They did a great job stopping the run. A lot of credit to Lou Anarumo and Cincinnati's defense. They gave us some problems. We had to really go to throwing it exclusively to be able to sustain drives. And 
guys made enough plays to get it done. I thought our defense was outstanding in the second half. The pressure we were able to apply, I thought was the difference in the game. And then Matthew leading the drive when we had to have it and Aaron closing it out. It's awesome. And you can hear it in Sean McVay's voice, man. And uh, just kind of will let you know, before I, I did that interview with Sean McVay, I saw him and this is just how Sean is. I've known Sean for a very long time. And he says, Kirk, man, oh, thanks for being here. We did it. And I just said, wow, uh, congrats, coach. So just in, in a moment of his biggest game, coach just, first of all, he still remembers you by name, which is the funny part. But Kirk, man, we did it. And, uh, you know, again, that was huge on his on him for sure. And I think a lot of people, especially teammates of Aaron Donald, they, they wanted to get that ring for him. They did. They wanted to get that ring for him. And you can tell that he wanted it bad. And uh, I had a chance, me and Jim, again, post-game, had a chance to catch up with Aaron Donald. Here's, uh, here's Aaron Donald. It feel amazing, you know, being relentless and finding a way, you know, to make a play and to be a world champion. It feel amazing. Just a defensive performance to be able to, to get down and find a way being down late in the game. Yeah, we just kept fighting. You know, um, I think that we started getting hot. Guys up front started dominating, making plays, and we found a way to pull it out. So it feel good to call myself a world champion. Man, I mean, you talk about a resume that is <laughs> unlike any other. Uh, golly, Aaron Donald now, three-time defensive player of the year, seven-time first-team All-Pro, uh, countless Pro Bowls he's, he's been to, but now you can call him Super Bowl champion. Um, Canton, Ohio, I know he's going to have to wait five years after he decides to retire but he's first ballot hall of famer. And the thing about it is I think, I don't think he's done yet. Uh, so again, Aaron Donald is a super bowl champion. I can't believe it. Um, will arguably go down as one of the best defensive players we've ever seen in this era. And yet here he is still has more football left to be played. You know, one guy too, I I'd mentioned a little bit earlier was Eric Weddle and I've known Eric for a long time because I went to San Diego State and he went to the University of Utah. And just a little background, uh, me and Eric Weddle, I was the 2003 Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year. In 2004, I was the two, I was the Defensive Player of the Year of the conference again, but I shared it because I was the co-Defensive Player of the Year that year with Eric Weddle. So we were the co-Defensive Players of the Year of the Mountain West Conference back in 2004. And then I go off to the NFL. Eric passed another year at Utah, and he wins the Defensive Player of the Year. So we both are two-time Defensive Players of the Year in the Mountain West Conference. We've always had a great relationship, and I was really, really happy to see Eric get a Super Bowl. He had worked so hard for it, sort of seemed as like the scapegoat in San Diego when he was drafted by the Chargers and had high expectations and um, the way that things ended for him, um, he was a little hurt, a little, a little bitter about how things ended. But now he's ending his career as a Los Angeles Ram and as a champion. And I got a chance to catch up me and Jim Miller. We caught up with Eric Weddle after the game. Here's what Eric Weddle had to say about winning the championship. Eric Weddle re-retires. I don't know the specifics or how, what I need to say or do, but I'm re-retiring, going back as a world champion though, baby. Mark it off the list. Really, really incredible. What a run. You know, talk about it from your standpoint. And, you know, just reading up to the game, you're giving the green dot, man. You just did nothing but earn it the whole time. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
it was a long, hard road for five weeks. Uh, the trainers, the strength staff, the coaches put a plan together to ease me back as best we could and uh, let me let me run and, and do what I can do as long as my body can handle it. And uh, never worked so hard in my life, I can tell you that. Five weeks, sun comes up, sun goes down. I was there at the facility grinding, working mentally, physically. And uh, to be able to cap it off as a Super Bowl champ, five weeks ago I was on my couch <laughs> being a dad to starting the Super Bowl and running the show. It's really... It's hard to put into words what this is, what this means. You know, it's just it's never been done, right? Yeah. I mean, I look at myself as a one of one, and now, I mean, you may have to call me legend or champ <laughs> or something because I, I pretty cemented myself as a pretty pretty uh, hard nosed dude that that does some crazy things. One minute, twenty five seconds left. Two timeouts for the Bengals. Yep. What did you tell the guys in that defensive huddle about how to handle that last part of the game? Yeah, we just cut, went over concepts, and uh, they want to get a drive starter going. And, and I just kept reiterating to our front. You, you could feel the energy from our front after that BS touchdown that was a total offensive pass interference, but maybe the worst call, non-call. Holy smokes. But, hey, we didn't budge. We didn't make excuses. We went back to work. We got stop after stop after stop because of our front, because of our disguising, covering up those quick first window, second window throws, right? And we just came, came together and said, listen, our front, you guys are going to win this, right? Keep doing what you're doing. They can't handle your guys' pressure right now, right? So we get that one. I hit him for that uh, eight-yard game quick. I don't know how he held on it. Tyler Boyd's a beast. <laughs> then we get a stop on the run, right? Then we uh, – I can't remember the third down. Third down run, and you stop. And then fourth down – I haven't seen the play. I was covering a guy, yeah. and he Aaron looked my – It was Aaron Donald. Donald. It was AD. I don't know how he did it, but AD does magical things like he did all week, all game. I haven't seen him practice. I've seen him practice a lot. He's never practiced harder or better than he did the last two days, and it carried over in our game. Our great players had to play great in the, in the best, biggest moments. Matt drove us down, AD and company, Super Bowl champs. Well, enjoy retirement, Eric. Appreciate no, no, no. your time. How, how big is the double scoop Sunday oh tonight? How big is the Sunday? I'm going to eat ice cream, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for at least a week. You earned it. I, I, you're dang right I did. Wow, powerful, man. Powerful from Eric Weddle. It's just one of the best interviews uh, I've, I've definitely conducted at the end of a Super Bowl. Just raw emotion from Eric Weddle and guys on the field. But post-game, I did get one special interview. And it was an interview that kind of caught me off guard because, you know, there's kind of chaos on the field and you're, there's people running around and there's so much. And I look over and I see a guy kind of hopping a little bit. He's hobbling a little bit. And it was Odell Beckham. And I'll tell you this. I, I've been an Odell Beckham fan for a long time. Um, I get you know, he's a wide receiver, but he's a he's a presence. He is somebody that you, you love him. If he's on your team, you may hate it going up against him. Uh, people call wide receivers prima donnas. But I've always loved to watch Odell work. And the season that he had starting in Cleveland, then had the situation of being released. 
then having an opportunity to figure out, hey, what's the next part for me? What team do I go to? He wanted to win a championship, chose Los Angeles, which was less money. People thought he should went somewhere else. Think back to New York when he was a giant. The torn ACL he had as a Brown. There's so many things that you could talk about with Odell Beckham. Some people said he was a bad teammate. This And to see him go out there and play, he didn't finish the game, but he was a major factor of why the Rams won. And like I said, I look over and I see him hopping and I couldn't, I couldn't help but just go grab a, a quick soundbite, just to, just talk to him. And here's my uh, conversation with Odell Beckham Jr. I wanted to try. I just got to be there for my teammates, man. And they pulled through, and I believed the whole time. And this is part of God's plan, and we're exactly where we're supposed to. Now when I say Odell Beckham Jr., Super Bowl champion, what does that mean? It's everything I ever wanted, dog. This is all I ever wanted. Wow. <laughs> that's that, that's some powerful stuff right there. This is all he ever wanted, like he just said there. All I ever wanted. So now when you refer to him, like I mentioned in the interview, you can't call him Odell Beckham Jr. You have to call him Super Bowl champion Odell Beckham Jr. How about that? Whew. Another Super Bowl for me now in the books. That is my seventh that I have covered. It has been amazing. I never made it to the Super Bowl as a player. But, man, it's been fun covering some of these great stories, these great, um, you know, just seasons uh, and the way that they all finish off with the championship. It's been fun. It's been fun. Special thanks, as always, man. Guy who rode with me all season long, my guy, Mike Kinahan, was a helped me produce this thing all the way out. My guy, Chris Tyler, also has been great. He's been there since the origin of the Total Coverage podcast, and he's been great with me as well. This has been a fun ride. I, again, this season, all the way, all the way up until now, Super Bowl 56 is done. The Total Coverage podcast is now finished for the 2021 season. Until next season, everybody, good football, y'all. Serious XM Podcasts.